Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. It's the Growing in Grace podcast, growingingrace.org. Joel Brzezik here with Mike Kapler. How's it going, Cap? We've been talking about Hebrews, and we're going to continue on with Hebrews. I just love this stuff. The programs go so fast. And, and you know, Joel, some of this is very foundational information. But for a lot of our listeners, I'm willing to guess, this is fresh perspective type of stuff. I mean, some of it you and I have been talking about for really 25 years. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we've been doing the podcast for 15, but you and I kind of came into some of this stuff many years ago, and and you you just never stop learning. We were talking about this before the podcast. I mean, there are so many things to learn, uh, and I think we'll be spending, no matter how much we think we know or how much we think we're learning, I'm convinced it's a very deep well, and we're only scratching the surface. Uh, I mean, it's just a, a, almost like a bottomless ocean, and, and we're just we're just scooping cups of water out of it, you know. <laughs> and and I, I I'm excited to to learn more throughout eternity because I, I think there's just a lot of things in the Bible that we don't really know much about about the beginning and how things became what they are, and and God always existing, and and, and what we're talking about now is just going to make even greater sense once we gain a greater knowledge of, of those things after we're out of this life. Yeah, uh, I said something at the end of last week's podcast, and then you added something to it off the air. I just wanted to um, highlight this again. At the end of chapter 9 of Hebrews, it says, To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. And I was talking about how that doesn't mean you have to be in this constant state of eagerly anticipation waiting in for him to come 24 hours a day seven days a week then you said something uh, i was wondering if you wanted to follow up with that uh, well you know joel when i was a young man uh the second coming of jesus was like front and center for me i just thought everything revolved around that and i just want to let people know this was written you know a couple thousand years ago at the time of this recording it's very possible I'm just saying this, and I I know somebody's probably going to get mad at me for saying this, but that's okay. But it's very possible 2,000 years from now that there's going to be people doing what we're doing or or people uh, communicating with each other about the gospel in some way, and they're still waiting for that that return, that second coming, that next appearance of of Jesus, because it's already been a couple thousand years. We, We don't know when that's going to happen, and I know there's a group of people out there who think it's already happened. And, and that's what I'm saying is there, you can get into the weeds on this stuff. And, um, you know, uh, people are just convinced from the newspaper headlines. They still have newspapers, right? Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> they're, they're almost they're obsolete. It's going to be any day. Um, and maybe it will. But like I said, maybe not. Right. Yep. Yeah. The newspapers are almost obsolete. They're fading away. Kind of like the, <laughs> the old covenant 2000 years ago. <laughs> old covenant newspapers. Yeah. So I'm, I'm with you on that. It's um, people who think it's already happened. People who eight eighty eight reasons why Christ is coming back in 1988. Remember that book? <laughs> So, and not to make fun, it's because people are really into a lot of this stuff. The point is that it's good news that Christ is coming back apart from sin. 
for salvation because he already dealt with sin. That's what we've gotten up to through chapter 9 here. And uh, we're starting chapter 10 of Hebrews. Uh, I'll start on this. And if you have anything else about chapter 9 you want to get into, that's cool. But um, chapter 10 starts out with this shadow thing. We've talked about how the old covenant was a shadow. The Levite priesthood was a shadow. The tabernacle was a shadow. Everything that happened on the old covenant was not the substance. It was a shadow of what was to come, but it's not what we focus on. We don't, under the new covenant, follow these things that happened under the old. It says, for the law having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things or not the very substance can never... With these same sacrifices, which they offer continually, year by year, make those who approach perfect. So again, the Old Covenant at this point, 2,000 years ago, had been made obsolete, but yet the Levites were still performing these sacrifices because not everybody believed in Christ. Not everybody believed that Christ was the once-for-all sacrifice for sins. So they were still continuing to do these sacrifices year by year, and it cannot make those who approach perfect. For then, would they not have ceased to be offered? Look at it this way. If I'm doing sacrifices and it makes a person perfect, well then, I don't need to do it anymore because that person has been perfected. So they need to be done over and over and over again. Uh, for the worshipers, once purified, would have no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, again, the blood of bulls and goats under the old covenant, it didn't take away sins, but rather there is, quote, a reminder of sins every year. That's what Hebrews ten three says. In those sacrifices, there's a reminder of sins. It doesn't take away sins. It doesn't purify a person eternally, it actually does the opposite. <laughs> it reminds them of their sins every year, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. That's what happened on the Old Covenant. It was a shadow, but it couldn't do anything to do what we needed. We needed sin to be taken away. We needed perfection. The law could not do that. The blood of bulls and goats could not do that. It was only done through the blood of Jesus. All right. Yeah. And, and keep in mind here, I almost hate to say this, Joel, because I feel like we say it a lot, but everything that we've talked about up to this point, the writer is continuing. He's not starting. I know we're in a new chapter, but he's not starting a new topic. It's almost like he's a lawyer. And from chapter one <laughs> through chapter 13, mm -hmm. he's, he's making a closing argument here before the Jewish people who are transitioning from an old way to a new way. And so it, it's not chopped up into, you know, and being tossed around like it's some sort of a salad with all these little different things inside of it. It's one salad. There may be different ingredients in there, but it's, it's one thing. Verse 5 uh, of Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, oh, there's that therefore again. <laughs> 419 times in the New Testament. <laughs> he says I looked, it a I lot. looked that up. He yep. says it a lot. <laughs> and, and I always like to say, I said all that to say this. Uh, when he comes into the world, he says, sacrifice and offering. This is Old Testament quotes going on here. Sacrifice and offering you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have taken no pleasure. You've taken no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come in the scroll of the book. It is written to do your will, O God. After saying above... 
what we just read after saying that sacrifices and offerings and whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you have not desired nor have you taken pleasure in them which are offered what according to the law then he said behold i have come to do your will he takes away the first covenant in order to establish the second and it is by this will by this covenant by this testament that we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And he's going to go on, he's going to keep going there with what, you know, he's going to stay on a roll here, but we're going to stop here and hash this out here just a little bit, Joel. Yeah, and I got some things to hash out here. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, for one thing, I just want to address something real quick. There, There are some people, there's a crowd out there that says that God didn't even want Jesus to be a sacrifice because he was murdered right right and and they say that because they take it's again a case of verse itis where you take a verse out of context sacrifice and offering you did not desire they take that and say God didn't want a sacrifice God didn't want Jesus to be a sacrifice the only thing that Jesus showed when he did actually offer himself as a sacrifice was that God loves us. It didn't really accomplish anything except to show us God's love. You know, that makes, that's, anyway, I just wanted to highlight this, that that's taking a verse out of context because what you just read there shows us that it was actually God's will for Jesus to be a sacrifice because the very next sentence says, but a body you have prepared for me, that's Jesus, in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sins you had no pleasure. Then I said, and this is an Old Testament verse, you know, it's Jesus that's being spoken, that's speaking here. Then I said, behold, I have come in the volume of the book, it is written of me, to do your will, O God. It was God's will that Jesus was the sacrifice. And what you also just read there, previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sins you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. It's that old covenant, the things that were offered according to the law. That's what God had no pleasure in, nor desire, because, why? Because it didn't make anyone perfect. It was only temporary. But Jesus said, then he's in verse 9. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. There's a lot of repetition here. The writer repeats himself, and we're repeating our repetition of what he said. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're hearing some of the same things, that's why. Behold, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. So again, that's another reason why we're not under the old covenant. It's not a continuation. The new covenant is not a continuation of the old covenant. It's not old covenant part two. He takes away the first. He takes it away that he may establish the second. And by that will, by God's will, Christ being the sacrifice, the one sacrifice for sin, by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus once and for all. Yeah, sanctified by the body of Jesus Christ, by the body of Jesus Christ. This isn't a sanctification program. We've done them before, but don't bite on that bait. You know, sometimes people will say, well, we're, we're saved 
by believing in Jesus, but sanctification comes through our <laughs> behavior and uh, keeping of commandments and, you know, morality, and we, we gradually get sanctified. Don't bite on that bait. There's a, there's a hook in it, and, and it'll tear you apart. <laughs> but good, good points, though, on, on the will of God taking place here. It was by that will, the will of God, that we were uh, sanctified, forgiven, sins taken away, all of that stuff. So it's, re you know, Jesus said, nobody takes my life. Right. I, I lay it down. I do it willingly. Mm -hmm. um, and he did that. So the, the will of God was for Jesus to be sacrificed for the sins of the world. Um, and, and yes, God's love certainly was the motivating factor behind all of that from the very foundation of the world, by the way. And by the way, that this will of God that Joel was just talking about here with the sacrifice of Christ, that, that, that's the will that Jesus was referring to when he dished out the Lord's prayer for his disciples to pray. Um, but we don't pray that prayer after the cross anymore because the prayer has been fulfilled. The will of God was, uh, you know, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We just talked about that in Hebrews chapter 9. And and he's continuing to elaborate on that here in, in chapter 10 with the will of God being the sacrifice of Christ, a final sacrifice that would uh, not only take away sin and remove it and to bring us perfection and to free us from a sin consciousness, uh, but to, to give us ultimately to give us life. Um, and so there's so much more to talk about here. And we're going to run into another one of these contrasts where Jesus did this sacrifice once for all, but the priests um, did many sacrifices, which couldn't take away sins. We're going to get into that more next week here on the Growing in Grace podcast. You can find all of our archived programs, by the way, at growingingrace.org. And we'll look forward to seeing you here again next week on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.